Today is our last day of Y Church, and um, I believe that God's going to do something in our church and in our lives today. Um, and so I hope that y'all have been able to hear the sermon series and that, and that God is able to do exceedingly and abundantly more in your life today as a result. But in review, I just want to remind you what this series is about. What this series is about is the fact that this is what we call a church, but listen to me, it's what we call a church, but the church is actually every single follower of Jesus today. Every single follower of Jesus, you are the church. You are the church. And that all across the world, God, Jesus said, I will build my church, which guess what that means? I don't have to build his church. He's building his church. Is everybody awake? But it's our responsibility in communities all around the world to build the house. Everybody say house. 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 And this is what the house is. It's oikos. Here's what's fascinating about that. Some of y'all know, I've said this every week, so this is repetitive, but that's the, what is it? Y'all been paying attention and eating yogurt. It's gross. All right. It's so gross. Y'all know it's gross. Some of y'all like, it's delicious. Y'all put stuff in it if it's delicious. And then this is what I think is interesting is whenever we think of building something, we think of working hard. But I do not believe that it is hard work that builds the house, especially you, the temple of the Holy Spirit. That's not what builds you up. What builds you up is community, is locking arms together, and it's obedience to what God calls you to do. Because this word, oikos, is the root for build. Oike, oiko, it's easy for me to say, domeo. And it means to build up metaphorically and in character, and that's the goal. The goal for each one of us is that our character is built over time so that we can walk by faith and not by sight, so that, so that we can stand upright, not by our own will, but because he became right or he became our sins so that we could become his righteousness. And so every day I am growing and I'm being strengthened. And here's why God wants us to do, I don't know what's happening right now, another time, wants me to update stuff. Here's why I believe God wants to build you in character. Listen to me carefully. For the last four years of our church, we've been beating this drum because God has changed us as a body. God has been working on our hearts together. Your kingdom come. See, this is what I believe about the kingdom. I need y'all to listen to me. The kingdom is not something that I have to build. I need y'all to listen. The kingdom is something that we inherit. Three of y'all are amen. <clears throat> the kingdom is something that in maturity, because remember Galatians says that as long as I'm a child, I'm no different than a slave, that I can't receive, Galatians 4.1, that I don't receive my full inheritance. But when I begin to walk with God and listen to what he says, and then I'm willing to be obedient, then the kingdom comes, I don't have to build it. The only thing I'm responsible to build is together locking arms the house. But God's kingdom expands through our obedience because that's his goal. And the culture of the kingdom is heaven's culture that God intends to bring to this earth to show that he's the way. If y'all understand what I'm saying so far, say yes. yes. Your kingdom come. You know what's awesome about this? I don't care if you've never been in church before. 
Y'all have probably heard this. If you ever played ball before the game started, you did the Lord's Prayer, right? We get in a circle. Your kingdom come here as it is in heaven. We've all prayed this prayer before, even if we don't know what it means. But here's the problem, y'all. Here's the problem with your kingdom come. I'm all about your kingdom come until it goes against what my kingdom says. Who am I talking to? I'm all about your kingdom come until it comes face to face with mine. Because how many of y'all know it's easy to do what God says as long as it's in my cup of tea, as long as it's in my repertoire, as long as it's in what I find comfortable or exciting or what I want to do? But what happens when I've planned out everything that's going to happen in my life and then that happens? I bet nobody else has ever been face-to-face with this before. Can I just tell y'all some stuff today? The answer is yes, I can. (laughs) For the last seven years since we started our church, I've prayed this prayer every single day. There's a lot of things that I say I do every day, and it's not true. For instance, if I say I exercise every day, (laughs) y'all better talk to me in here. I know some of y'all are workout people. God bless y'all. Look at your neighbor and say, not me. But I prayed this prayer every single day. God, I want what you have for my life so that you can be glorified in everything that happens. I want all that you've got for me. I want all that you've got for me. I pray this every day. I want all that you've got for me. I want everything, God, because I want to do, I want you to ring me out and get everything so that everything that is supposed to be done, I want at the end of my life, And Lee and I have prayed this together. We've prayed this over our kids. I want at the end of my life for people not to be able to say that cat didn't get all that God had for him. And as a result, God didn't get all the glory. But I'm going to tell you what gets difficult about that. Proverbs 16, 9 says, the heart of Mark plans my ways. The heart of you plans your ways. We plan it, and it's awesome. As if we're on a vacation For 80 to 90 to 100 years as if we're on a vacation thinking that I've got all the answers, God. If you'll just come beside me and make it all good, praise the name of Jesus. Who knows what I'm talking about? This verse is so interesting to me because it says it's not Mark that establishes his steps. It's the Lord that establishes my steps. Y'all look at what the word establishes mean. In the Hebrew, I thought this was so fascinating. It means to be set up. It's what the house, I thought this was crazy. It's what the house is set on. Some of y'all have this in your house, established in like the year that you got married, right? And some of us, like LeBron has a tattoo established in 1984 because that's the year he was born. And so we understand what established is, right? People put it on schools established in that year. But it is hard to consider because in, in, in the course of a day or in things that are going on in your life, we don't stop and think, God, you established me before the foundations of the world. You knew every step I was to take. You knew all that I was supposed to do. What we want to do is tell God what we want to do. And not, listen to me, your kingdom come. Your will be done here as it is in heaven. 
you do all that you want to do, God, and I'll be radically obedient to whatever you call me to do. Because here's the reality. I'm good with all of this, y'all, up until the point that it goes against what I thought my life would look like. And here's what I believe the the tension is, and I want all of y'all to get this today, because if you understand the point of this message today at the end of it, this is what I want you to get. You can work as hard as you want to work in your life. Listen to me carefully. You can work as hard as you want to work in your life. You can bust your rear ends. You can try. You can do. You can build a big 401k. But until you start walking in this and not just talking in this, you'll never be what God called you to be. Because this verse makes a lot of sense to me today. Proverbs 20, verse 24. You know, Proverbs is the wisdom book. And whenever I read through it, I sometimes go, yeah, I ain't writing Proverbs. <laughs> That's for doggone sure. Proverbs 20, 24. A man's steps are from the Lord. How then can I understand God's way? You know what I believe the biggest deterrent is most of the time to our destinies? Me trying to understand God. Because in your lifetime, God will call you to do things, young people, that you do not understand. And most of the time, what we do is we begin to make barter system with God as if we have the capability with a God who spoke and light shot out of his mouth. With a God in Isaiah 43 that says, can you, son, measure the entire universe by the span of your hand? Can you do that? And yet I consider myself the God of my universe. And as one of my best friends reminded me this morning, in order to pray your kingdom come, your will be done, it has to be my kingdom go before I can pray your kingdom come. But that's a hard thing to pray. Because at this point, when I begin to understand this right here, what I'm actually saying is, God, I don't care what it is. I don't care where it is. And I don't care how it is. As long as you call me to it, I'll do it. But how many of y'all know that's difficult? If you're not talking to me right now, you're lying. Come on, somebody. That's difficult. That's difficult. I want to take y'all on a journey in the next couple minutes of Leah and my last couple months. I'm going to take you back to the spring. In the spring of this past year, one of my best friends in the whole world, pastors in Chattanooga at a church called Venue Church, and he called me. One random, I think it was March day, and said, hey, man, you ever thought about us two doing this thing together and building churches all over the world and changing the world together and building this kingdom culture together? You ever thought about that? And I was like, yeah, man, I think that's a great idea. I'm at four points and you're at there, and that's going to be awesome. We're going to praise God. We're going to encourage each other and do this thing. And he said, um, yeah, that's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about you coming to run with me up here. And I said, well, that's awesome, but (laughs) praise God, you barking up the wrong tree, somebody, right? I said, I love you, but I ain't going to no Chattanooga. I ain't mad at Chattanooga. I just said, I ain't going. And so I dismissed it. I dismissed it. I talked to Leah about it, and I said, listen to this. This is crazy. I love them. That'd be cool. 
One day maybe it's yes. Today it's no. I did not pray about it. I'm ashamed to admit this, but I did not pray about it back in March. I didn't even pray one second, y'all. I said, nah, I ain't worried about if this is your steps for my life, Lord. I'm worried about if this is what I want. My kingdom come in Jesus' name. As time continued, I began to get frustrated because I would be in this auditorium or walking around. I got a habit of putting on my headphones and just walking around the church and praying. And I, I hope, thank God the walls haven't come down because I circle it up, if y'all know what I'm talking about. <laughs> but I began to get frustrated through May and June, July, and into August because when I would pray, the thought of running with him in Chattanooga would come to my mind. I finally called him in early August and I said, hey man, we ain't talked about this again, but <clears throat> this keeps coming up in my prayer time, so I need you to fill that position so I don't have to worry about it anymore. <laughs> my kingdom come, thank you Lord. <laughs> then I went on a trip where my spiritual father was being um, basically, it was the grand opening of his church in California. And um, they called the conference Red X, where Pastor Ron was um, having his services. I went out there, and it was an incredible experience. God did some amazing things in our lives. And then we spent a couple days with Pastor Ron and Hope and Pastor Tabner at Venue and his wife and a couple other friends. And as we were hanging out in California just enjoying ourselves for a couple days. A pastor from Dallas, who I really love, but we're not real close. We're just hanging out in the hot tub, y'all. And he looks at me and Tavner, and we're literally just joking. And he looks at us and says, let me ask y'all a question. When are y'all two going to be obedient to what God's called y'all to do and run together and do exceedingly and abundantly more than you can ask or think? And I'm just letting y'all know this because I'm going to be raw today. I got mad at him. This is what I said. Pastor Ben, I'm offended that you would ask me that. Why do you not think I can be a lead pastor? Why do you not think Four Points is a great church? Why do you want me to abandon a group of people that I love to go do something that I really don't know if I want to do? And he laughed at me, not like mean. He just laughed and chuckled and said, what are you talking about, bro? I just want y'all to listen to these words because wisdom hit my soul at that moment. When in the world did you think this had anything to do with you? And he's looking at me like, you think that this means you can't preach? He said, Mark, I just want you to listen. You do whatever God tells you to do, but the only way that you can reach your destiny is if you do the assignment that God's called you and Leah to. And if you outstay a season because you're not comfortable with the assignment that God gives you, then take the sign down at your church that says we're radically obedient. Ours happens to say we believe God. Now, at that moment, I did not shoot fireworks and say, let's go, that's awesome. I said, huh. Just total total transparency to y'all. That was the first time I decided, all right, I'll pray about this. Got back to the room, Lee and I were talking, and the truth is, 
Neither one of us felt any kind of excitement whatsoever in our hearts. We just went, God, what are you doing? And why in the world would you ask us to do something that is totally different than what's in our hearts? I really know the scripture, y'all. I want y'all to hear me carefully today. I know the scripture really well. But at that moment, I wasn't thinking the heart of a man plans his ways, but the Lord establishes his steps. I was thinking, God, what are you talking about and how can this be? I love Four Points Church and everything's good. There has been zero, listen to me, zero drama. I'm not talking about a little bit. I'm talking about zero drama in seven years. It is weird how little drama I've had to deal with as a pastor. So why would I want to give that up? The next day was our last day there. We flew out that morning at about 10 o'clock. And so I got up at about six, got a cup of coffee, went out on the beach. And I just sat down and said, God, listen, your kingdom come. I said, God, <clears throat> not going to be emotional. I said, God, whatever you want. I'll do it. Just show me your plan. And this is what the Holy Spirit said to me in that moment. I just want you to start fasting and I'll show you my steps. So that was the end of August, starting September 1st is when I felt like I was supposed to start fasting. And for the next month and a half, I was planning on fasting for 40 days. Halfway through the fast, I started hearing the Lord so clearly. And I want y'all to hear, I didn't bring my prayer journal out, but I want y'all to hear what I heard him say. I heard him say, would I not, listen to me, would I not ask you to do what you would not understand? And I'm going to show you in just a second these verses that are powerful because they've helped me so much and I hope that they'll help you guys today as we move forward as a church because I'm excited to be obedient in what God's called us to do. Listen to me, this is an us, not a me, or not even a we. This is an us thing. Would I not ask you to give up what you never thought you'd do? I have this written down word for word. Would I, ask, would I not ask you to be a David that brings the wood, only someone else builds the house? He said, walk and trust me, your steps are ordered. Your destiny is tied to your obedience. And he told me many other things that I'm going to say for the next few weeks. But I want you to know, it is the most bitter pill I've ever been asked to swallow. Because I had to come to this realization. The kingdom does not just expand through addition and multiplication. We love when multiplication happens because, listen to me, it's exciting when people are saved and when many are added to the number like in Acts. But sometimes the kingdom of God and the kingdom of heaven coming down here expands through division. Like when Paul and John Mark got into an argument and, si and Silas and Paul went one way and, and John Mark and Barnabas went another way. And even though they were bitterly upset with each other, the kingdom expanded because God uses our stupidity to grow his kingdom. This is not what that is. There is no drama. There is no anger. There is no hostility. There is upset. There is confusion. There is not understanding, but it is not that way at all. I believe this in particular is an addition by subtraction. Now, if you know athletics like I do, this is going to make sense to you because, because there's been a lot of times I see, 
I see Coach Elder and Coach Fowler and some other of my coaching buddies here today, and they'll know this. We got some cats that have been studs that have played for us in the past in athletics. But when that stud leaves, when that best player leaves, sometimes the team gets better because there's an addition by, y'all say it? Subtraction. And it doesn't make any sense. Because people look at the team and they go, how did they get better when that guy left or that girl left because she or he was the best one on the team? The thing that comes to my mind when it comes to this, and you don't have to be a sports fan to know this name. How many of y'all have ever heard of Peyton Manning? Let me see your hands. Peyton Manning. Anybody not raising their hands? Lying. <laughs> y'all watch, watch direct TV commercials. Come on. <laughs> Peyton Manning played four seasons at Tennessee. His last year was 19, the fall of 1997. They had a lot of success. They never won a championship. He leaves, and this guy named T. Martin takes over as, as the quarterback. T. Martin was good, but nobody wanted T. Martin instead of Peyton Manning. How many of y'all know I'm telling the truth? Guess what happened when T. Martin was there for one year as the starting quarterback? They won the national championship. There's not anybody in their right mind who's a Tennessee fan who, praise God, they lost again yesterday, and I'm celebrating that they lost. If you're a Tennessee fan, Travis, where are you? I'm making fun of you right now. Because we might be stinky Gamecock fans, but at least we're going bowling. Come on, Jesus. <laughs> There's Travis. I couldn't find you. <laughs> but Tennessee won the national championship, and it makes no sense. But sometimes, listen, 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 don't miss this. Sometimes the right piece for the right season is someone different than we think is the right one. And, and this is not even about God. This is about the truth that happens in athletics, but it's bigger than that because in the church, in God building the house, sometimes my preference, sometimes my way is different than God's way. And when he calls us out, you can rest assured that he does not hurt one house to help another house. Which means that God has the right man for the right season. And on the 17th of September, I knew this in my heart was supposed to be. And on the 20th, my pastor, Dean Herman, played golf with me that day, and he looked at me. And every, I played golf with him in every single hole. He said, why are you fasting? That's all I would tell him. God told me to fast. Mark Pringle, why are you fasting? God told me to fast. Mark Pringle, why are you fasting? Pastor, the last hole, I don't know if y'all remember Pastor Dean, but he is significantly bigger than me, which is a big man. Right? He stood over the cart and held the side and said, tell me why you are fasting. I said, yes, sir, don't hurt me. <laughs> and I told him, and with not one second delay, he said, that's your destiny. That's what you're supposed to do. Something broke in my heart that day because I just knew it was sealed that that's what I was supposed to do. And I kept it close to my heart. I cried the whole way home, 45-minute drive. And I want you to know why I cried. I didn't cry because God doesn't have a great plan for my life, for Leah's life, for Laney and Hasten's life, and for our lives. I didn't cry because I thought something bad was going to happen to Four Points. I do not believe that, not even a little bit. I cried because I love y'all deeply. And because I love the upstate of South Carolina, and I don't know life outside of here because my entire family is here. And even though I'm going to Chattanooga, with a very dear friend, that's my only friend. And that's a desert to us. But there's some verses that I've really clung to over the last couple months. And these are the verses. We put this on walls, y'all. 
We put this up and we tell people, this is something that we love to quote when we're little kids. We memorize this when we're young if you grew up in church. But I just want you to listen to the words today. Trust, trust, trust in the Lord with all your hearts and do not lean on your own. What's that say? Say it loud. In all your ways acknowledge him and he'll make my path straight. You know what I had to learn? <laughs> it's hard to see a straight path if you're trying to tell God what it looks like. It's hard to trust in the Lord if the only time you talk to him, you're telling him what you want. God, I need you to build this thing. Let me tell you the realization that I had to come to when I was literally wrestling over whether or not I would pray, not even be obedient, pray in obedience. I just want y'all to hear me. Whose responsibility do you believe this is, Mark? I want you to know that I believe in my heart that God ordained us to start this church together. But that God is not a week-to-week -week God, a day-to-day -day God, but a seasonal God. As a matter of fact, in Ecclesiastes, he said there's a time for everything to be born and to die, to laugh and to cry, on and on and on and on, to plant and to sow. And what I had to realize is, if listen, if I outstay my season, then what God can do in seconds, we will put our hands to the plow. That's what the curse is all about. That's what I've taught you for these years, that we don't have to live under the curse anymore and put our hands to the plow like a man is cursed to do. But when we walk in godliness and what he says to do, the only thing that I can do to please God according to According to Hebrews chapter 11 is faith. Without faith, it is impossible for me or you or any of us to please God. Without faith, it's impossible to please him. So I had to make this decision. Would I, for our sake, because I love you and because I love here and because I love everything, would I disobey God and say, we can do this without you? Or would I realize that as bitter of a pill it is to swallow, it's equally exciting for our house that God's going to send a man that's better than me. Listen to me. I'm not saying this to make you feel good. I'm saying this because I believe this with all of me. God's going to send a family and a man that's better. Why? Why? Does that mean you're going to like him better the first day? I hope you do. But I don't care about that. Listen to me. He's better because it's God's calling. And when you, when you fit in God's ordination, it does not matter what our preferences are. Because we can trust in the Lord with all of our hearts and we can walk in the path that he sets for us. I do not have to tell God what I'm going to do. I get the opportunity to say, God, even when it's not what I want, I will trust you. And this verse helped me. I hope it'll help y'all. If you need some help, go read the whole chapter of Job 38. Can you send forth lightnings? This is God speaking to Job. I just need y'all to know at this point I'm laughing when I'm reading this. No, sir, I cannot. That they may go and say to you, here we are. Who has put wisdom in my inward parts or given me understanding in my mind? <laughs> Some of y'all may be more mature than I am, but I'm letting y'all know that I had to read these things over and over to walk by faith.
I'm embarrassed to tell y'all this, but this is the truth. Leah and I had our heels dug in the sand because we love our church so much. Because we love you. But here's what I want to leave today's message with. We're going to build this house. Listen to me, four pointers. We're going to build this house. This is not the worst day in the history of our church in a weird way. It's odd for us, as I know it's going to be odd for you. I know that all of you will not understand because I don't fully understand everything. But as we exit our church at the end of this year, our house is being built because obedience is greater than sacrifice. And because God is going to do more, listen, than we can ask or think. And because I refuse to be the anchor, I refuse to be the anchor of this house. And I just want y'all to know, I told my dad just over a week ago, and my dad helped me so much because I was struggling, y'all. I was struggling. <clears throat> And I'm just going for full circle with this, this sermon series and this passage that I want to share with you in the next couple minutes. Build the house, build the house, build the house. 1 Corinthians 3 says, what is really, what is Apollos, the guy Paul was running with at the time, and what is Paul? We're just servants through whom God, through you believe, because the Lord, what's this word? Y'all say it loud. Say it again. One more time. Listen, listen, every one of you, who cares the pastor's name? Who cares the other people's name? I, I need y'all to get this. I don't care what you walk away believing, I need you to believe this about God. If you are a follower of Jesus, there is an assignment on your life. The only way we can fail is if we choose our preferences over what God says. Each one of us to what the Lord has assigned. Watch this. I planted I'm just telling y'all, when I read this, it leapt off the page to me. Did not make me feel better, but it made me feel excited about what God's going to do where we're going and what God's going to do here. And we'll share more information. We'll share more information in the next few weeks about that, but I just need y'all to get this. What an honor it is that God let me and Leah with our close friends be the ones that I planted but watch this. But there's some cat, I don't think his name's going to be Apollos, just like my name's not Paul. But someone else is coming to, what's this word? But only God gives the growth. So watch this. So neither the one who plants nor the one who waters is anything. But only God who gives the growth. He who plants and he who waters are one. And each will receive his wages according to to his labor, for we are God's fellow workers. Watch this. You, he ain't talking about me here. You are God's field and God's building. You are God's house. Four Points is not going anywhere. Four Points is going to grow. Four Points is going to change the upstate. Listen, here's what I told them this morning. God did tell me all these things about our church. The one thing that he didn't tell me that I'm now being made aware of is that I was going to be the one doing it. 
I don't think any of the good promises that God has promised that he's going to do at four points is going anywhere. I believe that it's going to increase exponentially because God's going to be the, bring the right people to the right house and he's going to do more than we can ask or think. Because you are God's house. According to the grace of God given to me like a skilled master builder, I laid a foundation. And I am not the Apostle Paul. I know that's surprising to all of y'all. I'm Mark. But what an honor it is for me to be able to look back and say, you let me build a foundation that someone else is coming to build upon. So let each of us take care of how he builds on it. Here's what I want y'all to know. In just a second, Leah and my guys are going to come up here, and I just want to be able to talk a couple things about them. So if y'all can come up right now, I want y'all to know this. Unfortunately, y'all haven't seen all of these guys the whole time we've been doing church but I thought it was important for y'all to be able to see them today for a specific reason. These men right here, are the ones that since the very first day we started our church in October of 2011, some of them with Austin Page as well, we've had hours and hours and hours building the house. We've said this dozens of times. Y'all just don't get to hear what happens behind the scenes, but this is the nights of the round table. Listen. There's not been a single decision that has been made in this church. And I'm not talking about should we go to Sam's or not, right? I'm talking about decisions that matter, big decisions. Not one ever that we didn't have agreement. These are our pastors of this church. These are our elders. These are our overseers. These are the ones that I have leaned on. This is the layer right with me. And here's what I'm asking y'all to do with them. There is a new level that these men are being called to that I'm pumped about because they are ready. And I love them. And they have been unbelievable to me. They've been gracious. They have helped us. We have walked together. We have fought together. We have cried together. But the whole time, we've been knights of the round table together. And I just need y'all to know this. King Arthur is able to walk away from the knights of the round table and the knights still exist. You are in good hands, church. You have pastors and you have leaders and you have an awesome staff that is on this front row that is gonna lead you into the next season that is greater than our last season. And I believe that God is going to do more than we can ask or think. And here's what I'm asking y'all to do. I'm asking you to pray for these men. I'm asking you to pray for their spouses and our staff. I'm asking you to pray that God will protect them because the scrutiny is different. And I'm asking you, each one of y'all, because I love you, to build the house that we deeply love and that we're going to be cheering on in a couple months like crazy. That we're going to be cheering on when our building gets built 
Because I know the question is, are we still going to buy the land? We're going to buy the land. And if we're going to do it big, we're going to do it big then. Come on, somebody. We ain't going anywhere. We ain't going anywhere. But I just want y'all to hear this from me because y'all have not seen these men very often. I love them. I love you. And I'm so thankful for y'all. I'm thankful. <laughs> I've done good until now. I'm going to say this to y'all as well. I've tried so hard not to be emotional. Lee and I are scared to death, y'all. Let me just be totally true. Because we're going into a place that we don't know. I'm stepping into a thing that I don't even know if we're going to be good at. But we do believe it's tied to our destiny. And I just want y'all to know, I would not have followed me seven years ago. <laughs> And it's because of y'all. I'm serious. And it's because of y'all. It's because of y'all. Some of y'all that I see out there, it really is because y'all have believed what God put in our hearts. That God has done this. And I believe that that is why our next season as a church is going to be far greater than this season. Because the next man that God sends with his family will be the right man for the right season. And I just want you guys to know how much I love you and how grateful we are for y'all walking with us even through this hard season. And we believe with every fiber of our being that the best is yet to come for us and for our awesome house. So I just want you guys to know and for you to know we love you. And I want Davin to be able to speak on behalf of our guys right now, but just know how much we love you, church. And we believe that God's going to do more than we can ask or think. Love you. Thank you guys. So y'all can sit down for just a minute. Um, so I, I want to stress some of the things that pastor said is that um, it's all good. There is no bad. Um, God has a plan and we are excited that this house has been chosen by God to walk to the next season, to step into what God has ordained this house to be. And it's not us, it's us. Okay, guys, because you guys are who the house is. We happen to be in a different position, but it's no more important than the guy in the parking lot or the guy in this parking lot or, or the person making the coffee or the person changing the diapers. We are the house. And the vision of this house is not going to change. We're going to still reach the least, the lost, and the lonely. We're going to build right down here on the piece of land that God has given us. You know, we still owe a little bit on it, and because of your generosity, we're going to be able to pay for it. Because of your generosity, we were able to feed over 750 people on Thanksgiving. 
Because God, because you guys decided that you wanted to be the hands and feet, we had 120 or 30 volunteers come and make that happen. So guys, you are the house. You are the hands and the feet. And, and as we go into this next season, seasons are change. Growth happens in change. And, um, and, and I walk out of my house, and I know that change is here because there's acorns everywhere. And some of them fall on the grass. Some of them fall on the, on the patio. Some of them fall on the driveway. And some of them get crushed, and some of them get to grow. And so many times through that season, through season changes, we personalities change and, and, and little things change, but it's growth. It's one step at a time. It's being obedient. And, um, and the reason that I know that I have oak trees is because I have acorns. And uh, anybody ever studied an acorn? Because that is an acorn right there, guys. That's an oak tree. And so many times we see ourselves as an acorn. This just useless. It's going to fall on the ground. It's going to get crushed. It's not going to be worth anything. But guys, this next season for us, we are going to produce fruit as four points. We are going to sow in fertile ground. We are going to do the things that God has called us to do so that we can no longer be acorns, but that we can be oak trees. So, guys, we're excited. I don't know how else to say it. I don't know what else is going to be in store for what God has for us. But we're so excited for what God has for Pastor Mark and Pastor Leah and what they've sown into us to make us where we are to be able to take it to the next level. And you guys are a part of that. And um, lastly, these guys right here, we, we need to pray for us. Because we ain't got a clue. Because we followed, we followed the pastor because he's the one that's given the vision. But, but today, God has given us the vision to follow what he's planted until the next man comes in. <clears throat> and so over the next couple of weeks, um, we're going to have a, uh, a celebration for pastor and first lady on December the 16th that night. And so guys, we want to come in here and we want to celebrate them. It's going to be an opportunity for you to come in and hug their neck and love on them and let them know what you what they mean to you. Um, and so the next few weeks is really stressful for them. So, so pray for them. Pray for Chattanooga. If y'all know him, pray for Chattanooga. Uh, and so, but it's going to be good, guys. It's going to be good. And, and I'm going to pray. Um, and as I pray, the band's going to come up and, and um, lead us in worship as we go. But it isn't going to change, guys. We're still going to invest. And you guys get to invest through worship of giving. And there's four ways to give. Um, in the box, in the kiosk, online, and text. Uh, so uh, I'm not real techie. So anyway, I'm going to pray. The band's going to come up and lead us in worship, and then we'll be dismissed. God, thank you for choosing us to be a four points. Thank you for allowing, allowing us to be a part of building this house so that we can plant and so that we can be who you want us to be so that your kingdom come 
through four points, through the house that you've built, Lord God, because we want to get out of the way because your kingdom is way better than we are. Your kingdom is who you are, and that's who we want to be. And God, we we thank you for Pastor Mark and for uh, Pastor Leah and the vision that you gave them seven years ago that they've instilled into us, Lord God, that we're going to change this community and we're going to make it happen through you. Father, we love you and we praise you in Jesus' name. Amen.